Welcome back to the Cheeky Crypto Podcast with your hosts, Joey and Mike. Many thanks for listening in, liking, and subscribing. If you haven't done so, do us a favor and smash that like and subscribe button and turn on all notifications. We really appreciate it. If you haven't joined the Discord or Patreon, the link is in the description down below. A fantastic community talking crypto 24-7. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. And most importantly, it is absolutely free to join. Now let's get into some crypto talk. Joey boy, how you doing today, brother? Yo, Mike. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, I'm having an absolutely great Monday. It was fantastic to have my uh, boss back at work. He's uh, been away for about six months. He's been working in another part of the world. So yeah, shout out to James. He's also a viewer of the uh, Cheeky Crypto podcast. I know a lot of people don't always get on with their bosses, but I certainly do. He's a good guy. And yeah, it's great to have him back at work. Is he a viewer of the podcast, Joe? He is a viewer, and he's also a member of the SHIB Army. He only holds one crypto, and it is SHIB. Shout out to your boy, James. Shout out to James. Yeah. SHIB Army, <laughs> more power to you. But uh, James, appreciate you viewing us, brother. Uh, take care of our, our, our boy, Joey. Uh, I'm not sure there's many people in the world that say they like their bosses, but uh, apparently you have some sort of uh, awesome thing over Joey. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, Joey, let's talk about the market a little bit. Bitcoin hovering around 1975 at time of recording. BTC dominance is around that 38.6%, still roughly about the same where, we, where we've been at. Uh, have you noticed any coins moving? I mean, I've, I've seen a little bit of volatility here and there. Obviously, it's Labor Day here in the States, so uh, I, I can't expect much to happen until probably Tuesday with some bigger moves. But have you noticed anything, Joe? Yeah, well, Mike, you mentioned that little little drop, a uh, little further drop on Bitcoin dominance. I do expect that that is going to reverse when the wider market does start to head down and go to lower lows. But the reason why that's just pulled back a little bit more at the moment, uh, my logic is essentially saying that that money is mainly going into Ethereum and going into Cardano's ADA. Reason being, you know, I think there's a bit a bit of money. There was a, there was a decent risk reward uh, to potentially go long on ETH and to potentially go long on ADA. We actually did get long on ADA uh, in our traders here. If anyone's interested in trading with us, as I said, links in the description below, we've got our uh, trading platform. And also if anyone's interested in trading on Bybit, uh, we've got our uh, code, which gives you a deposit bonus up to 4,000 US dollars. Again, brilliant. Check out the link in the description for that if you're interested in trading on Bybit. But yeah, talking about ADA and Ethereum, we know we've got the merge for ETH. We've got the, the Vassal hard fork date announced on Cardano. So yeah, a little bit of FOMO coming in for both of them, I kind of feel. Um, people who are maybe thinking that the the bottom is in and, you know, there could be a swing uh, to the upside and for these coins to turn bullish. I think a bit of money's uh, coming into these these two coins at the moment. Well, what's interesting is I've scrolled down a little bit further in Ethereum Classic, 24-hour uh, trading volume is up 233% wow. on Ethereum Classic. That's huge. So the trading volume on Ethereum Classic right now is 1.3 billion. That's a lot. The market yeah. cap, market cap itself is up 12%. I'm not surprised by that either, Mike. Because be honest, talking about that risk reward, uh, maybe just looking for a little bit of a further push to the upside on ETH. Um, a lot of people will be looking at Ethereum Classic because it's going to run with Ethereum. It's going to run uh, on the merge news potentially, and percentage gains wise there's actually more percentage gains higher risk high reward uh, to be had on eth classic it's going to be you know more volatile smaller market cap than ethereum itself so that's what that's kind of what i'm assessing there it more risk more reward uh, trading on eth classic 
Yeah, it's uh, it's moving up pretty good, man. It's uh, you know, last twenty four hours up twelve, almost twelve and a half percent. Uh, most of the market's pretty red today. Uh, there's there's some winners out there. Obviously, Ethereum Classic, like I just mentioned, Cardano is still doing very well. Uh, Polygon's Matic was doing decent. Uh, it's been pulling back here. Bitcoin Cash is up five percent today. Yeah, we've still got a move on uh, EOS as well. Called that one out a few podcasts ago. Still think that's going to rise um, as it continues because we know it's being rebranded uh, to Antelope. So again, there's a bit of FOMO over rebranding of EOS. Do I necessarily, do I necessarily think it's going to immediately become a much better project? No, I think it's solely just a rebranding. Again, you know, I'm not. That's not me flooding EOS. It could be you know bullish project in the future, but price pumping over a brand change, I think it's a bit daft personally and. You know, it's going to be one I'm going to be keeping an eye on because, uh, you know, there could be a possible short there, could be a possible sell the news event. Yeah, Helium, like we talked about the other day, is still continuing to decline. It's down 11% oh, it's, today. It's got to be one of the most horrible-looking charts, I think. Yeah, it looks the pretty top bad. 100, it's horrific. It's horrific. Yeah, and I think it's all based off the, the news of it moving over to Solana. Uh, I know there were a couple big YouTube channels that had covered Helium moving to Solana. Um, I mean, yeah, the... The charts just look horrible. It's just continuing to lose market caps down 12% in the last 24 hours. Uh, so yeah, it's it's continuing to sell off. I guess it's a lot of people just don't don't like Solana. And I'm aligned to that. I'm, I'm not really a fan myself. Uh, now, that what's curious to me, let me go look at Solana. Has Solana been actually going up or down based off of you know some of the news and some of the volatility? It looks like Solana's just kind of even almost. So nothing really happening there. But yeah, I mean... Look, it's taking news to come out on certain projects for the market to move. I just think we're still waiting. Obviously, tomorrow, I think once the states get back in to the swing of things, business back to normal. But we have to keep in, keep in mind the energy crisis that's going on over in Europe. So I wonder if that's going to kind of finally trickle into the states trading-wise. Like, you know, because the states haven't really been trading since Friday afternoon. So a lot has happened over the weekend. So we'll see. We'll see kind of what happens with that uh, yeah. as far as volatility is concerned. Yeah, obviously equities have remained closed today, as you mentioned, uh, in the US. But the uh, the DXY um, has been is open today and, again, looks absolutely on rock-solid uh, support, uh, you know, over, over 109. Really, that really does look bearish for markets at the moment. I did say that, you know, if we were to get a little bit of a bounce uh, on equities, maybe get a bit of a sort of bullish pump, maybe a little bull trap going, could see the DXY potentially retrace to that sort of 108, 1085 region, possibly before it heads back up again. Obviously, the 110 came in that I called out for many, many months ago, <laughs> you know, right at the early days of this channel. And I said, I've got next target is 112 for me. I think there's going to be resistance at 112 uh, in, in the upwards channel, but pulling back from there, much higher targets of 120 still to come. That is my prediction. You still, I'm not, I'm not changing my opinion on the DXY. But yeah, what's your thought? What's your thoughts on on the futures tonight? Difficult read. How do you think it's going to go? Uh, I think it's going to be extremely red. Really? Uh, I really do. I just think uh, I said this a couple podcasts ago that anytime the stocks finish red on a Friday, whatever that next trading day ends up being red itself. So you know, does Bitcoin lose that nineteen thousand five twenty level on Binance? Uh, you know, based on you know trading view or whatever. Uh, does it break that? And do we continue to head down to say like 18.5, 18K before we get a little bit of a bounce of relief up? Um, 
I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, you looked confused about what I said. What did, what did I say? No, that was my, confusing. No, Mike, I didn't look confused. I was just I, maybe the face I was pulling just listed in. <laughs> oh but, no, um, no, 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 no. I just think it, um, <laughs> ge geopolitically, you know, not seen anything major the last couple of days. Obviously, the last the last dump that we had, um, a lot of that was based on. Um, well, that Russia, was Friday, right? Yeah, Russia cutting off the gas. Um, that obviously no change, no change on that at the moment. Yeah, they haven't opened it, correct? I don't no, mean to keep no. cutting you off, but did they no, open no. it back up? No, no, it's uh, closed for the foreseeable. So that's all, that's all we know at the moment. Obviously, it's a a leak, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, make your own opinions on that. But yeah, not seeing anything else major across the board. Obviously, we still know it's still really bad in the Ukraine, and yeah, there's nothing there's nothing bullish out there. That's for certain. So I I, I don't know. I'm kind of split. It's it's not an easy call. Maybe after all this, they'll just be completely flat tonight, and we'll see, we'll see what the morning brings, right? Well, wasn't Ukraine's uh, that their their largest nuclear power plant lost their main line, and now it's sitting on a support line now. The main the main largest power plant. This was I think on Friday or Saturday. Uh, had a, uh, had finally lost its last main power source, and that it was running on backup, which can run the power plant, but still, like. It's not a, that's not a good situation either. Um, now this, I don't, I don't remember exactly when that article came out, but I think it was, I want to say it was Friday or but Saturday. I believe that they, they actually disconnected um, the last line going into it after there was more um, in intensive, intensive shelling because oh, yeah, fi yeah, right. fire cores and Russian shelling um, essentially uh, damaged and disconnected it. And that, that was, that came out from the, the national energy company. So it, Look, it, it's just, there's really awful, uh, awful things going going on over there. But we'll we'll try to keep this uh, going away, going too much into uh, global politics, right? No, nah, we're not going to go. But obviously, it's affecting markets, so we got yeah, to talk exactly. about it. It is. Got to talk about it here is. and there. Um, nothing bullish out there, folks. Nothing. We want to bring you. We want to bring you bullish news, but there's nothing bullish out there at the moment. Okay. Well, I got one thing bullish. Let's move into some articles. Oh, I there we got, go. I got one thing that I found that was pretty bullish, and that's. Polygon Maddox's NFT game has been stepping up. So uh, on Twitter today, Polygon NFT sales volume reached all-time high at 100 million this August. Previously, July the previous month was only three million dollars. So I, I you know, we got to find some information on what happened there. Like, how do you go from three million to a hundred million in one month in a bear market? Something had to have taken place that, that maybe we didn't find, or maybe we need to do some digging on. But hey, congratulations to Polygon. That's huge. I don't really hear, I don't really ever put NFT and Polygon together. So I, that's, that's a big win for Polygon in my eyes. Just more, but I love Polygon. I think it's just such a great project. Yeah. I mean, great marketing, great marketing from Polygon. I think they're one of the best, if not the best. Uh, in my opinion. Agreed, huge, yeah. Huge on Twitter. I, I see loads of stuff to do with Polygon just flashing up all the time, even not just directly following Polygon. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Um, the, the, there's absolutely loads of it. I mean, they also have, um, you know, they have the Polygon NFT marketplace uh, where you can uh, create a Polygon NFT. You can earn a Matic token. You can mint. You can actually mint um, your, your NFTs for, you know, less than a dollar. You can trade them really easily. So. Look, I, I think I think the yeah, Polygon NFTs, I'm I'm bullish on them. I said 
I don't think the NFT space is going anywhere. I think there's a lot of uh, potential in the future of NFTs. And yeah, Polygon looks to be one of the, the best plays for me. Yeah, shout out, shout out Polygon and their NFT game coming up pretty big there. Uh, so that's about the only bullish thing I got for you today, Joe. The other stuff I got is not, well, I wouldn't say, well, wait, we could say kind of decent thing if you just like crypto and you're not into geopolitics. Yeah. So let's, let's get into that real quick. So Bank of Russia agrees to legalize crypto for cross-border payments. Historically opposed to the idea of using crypto as a payment method, the Bank of Russia has reportedly agreed to allow cross-border payments in crypto due to geopolitical changes. Joey, what's your thoughts on me reading what I just read? Obviously, there's more to the article, but I'm going to get your thoughts. Well, I'm going to stay away from the, the politics side of it, and I'm just going to solely focus on cross-border payments. Said before, I am extremely bullish on cross-border payments because we know this is what a lot of the some of the banks fear, but I, I kind of, I'm kind of coming away from that now. I'm kind of feeling that there's just this acceptance now um, that, this is this is technology that is going to have to be adopted because you could be you could be on one side who who just ag against it, but you can accept that your competitors are just going to accept it, and then you've got no choice. Look, we know cross border payments uh, are expensive; it's big business, and you only have to look at what the likes of the XRP Ripple um, are, are trying to are trying to achieve here, and truly believe they're going to completely revolutionize uh, the global financial system. If their use case, um, you know, gets the green light once the SEC look, uh, case is over, but it's not just going to be XRP. It's going to be Algorand. Uh, I, I'm looking at doing a video on Algorand on the main channel, so I don't want to go too much in, into this, um, but definitely look out for that. Uh, but I'll be talking about, you know, how Algorand is being looked looked at by the central, uh, the Italian central bank, rather, which is part of the European central bank, which is just absolutely massive, and they're looking at doing these cross cross payments on Algorand, which is just mind boggling. Can you, can, I don't mean to cut you off. I know you're on a roll right there, but I think it would be helpful to uh, our viewers uh, to understand. And if you can't explain it, it's fine. I'll try to dig it up. But what exactly does cross-border payments mean? Oh, it's quite simple, Mike. So essentially Im imagine you've got, uh, you've got your, your business in America. Okay. And you need to send a payment to another business uh, in China. And it's getting it's getting wired um, around around the world. Now you've got your bank, which, which your your business is attached to with your U.S. dollars, okay. And you need to pay this Chinese business into into their bank, okay, into their Chinese bank. Well, the problem is is that there's like a there's like a, a coding and a language and uh, and also different different currencies, okay. They've got the the yuan. You're sending U.S. dollar. They want yuan, etc. So. One, the money going from your bank to just an intermediary bank. Now, there might be one intermediary bank in between these two banks. There may be many intermediary banks. The more of these intermediary banks, these are like middle. Imagine that those intermediary banks like middlemen just taking a cut, moving the money around. And also it's slow. The more intermediaries there are, the slower the transaction takes. So you could send your money from your bank and it might not get to your, uh, the, the, the Chinese company's bank for weeks, days, potentially. Mm -hmm. If you do it with something like XRP Ripple, okay, it's just one, it's the same currency because there's also uh, there's also fees uh, related in uh, currency exchange as well. 
converting those dollars to yuan. And there's there's all this money just taken out of the system, and it's so it's expensive and it's slow. If it's just solely you're transferring crypto and they're happy to receive the crypto on just one network, it's like instantaneous, boom, job done. And that's what it's all about. So that cross-border payments is something that we've that, that's, that's been around for decades. But and of course, when it when it first became available, when 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 the world first started. Um, doing wire transfers, it was absolutely revolutionary and you know seen as incredible and and fast and effective and cheap for the time. But as 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 time's gone on, as decades come on, as technology is greatly improving, it's no longer fast. It's no longer cheap. And you know this is where I think kind of in crypto and cross border payments is the future. Yeah, I remember I remember discussing uh, XRP Ripple and also Algorand uh, playing a role in those sort of payments and making it cheaper. Uh, and faster for I think we did a we did a um, idea of me sending IK money or something like that. So uh, I I guess I just we never used the term I think cross border payments. I think we used more uh, other payments. But yeah, hey, make makes sense. Uh, so it's good for crypto. I you know with with Russia and stuff like that. I mean I'm not I'm not sure how business is going to fly. You know we're still waiting on all that. So we don't want to we don't want to get into geopolitical stuff, but. You know, I thought it was it was good for crypto to see that you know people are still continuing to adopt crypto, and uh, it's going to be needed down the road. Um, interesting uh, move from Binance today. Uh, not great news for Circle, but yeah, interesting what Binance is uh, deciding to do with uh, USDC in particular. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and as you say that, I I'm looking at for a second there on Coin Market Cap the USDC coin. Was at 0. 0.009, sorry, a point zero nine eight, sorry. So it had depegged from the dollar for just a split second. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff uh, with uh, Binance. My God, I cannot wake up today. Um, <laughs> so Binance has basically stopped supporting uh, their rival USDC, um, and essentially won't be. It's it's kind of hard to explain. It doesn't really go into it too yeah, well, too, they, too in depth. But Binance is basically is going to convert its users' holdings in three stable coins, USDC, USDP, and TUSD, into its own stable coin, BUSD. Um, so, Joey, I don't know if you want to go more in depth on that. Well, the only way I'm I'm looking at this, um, and I you know I could be wrong here, but it just looks to me like they're essentially. Um, trying to enhance liquidity and efficiency of their own stablecoin. So I think they're just being a bit ruthless here, to be honest. And they're just trying to solely convert more customers on their platform to BUSD. Now, some people think, well, why is USDT not on the list? Well, I think the answer is a bit simple on that one. USDT is is the most used, uh, the highest used uh, trade for trading pairs. So it would be bad for business to remove USDT. I, you know, as it is currently, but yeah, not 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 the biggest amount of USDC pairs. Obviously, people see USDC potentially as a bit safer than USDT. I never really was one like who massively aligned to that. I could I could understand. I could, I got the like I could understand the the logic there maybe a little bit, but not that I had any sort of major concerns over USDT. And yeah, I think this is just um ascent essentially a move to to get more people on BUSD on the platform but it's going to be a blow it's a it's definitely a blow to uh to circle that's for sure 
Yeah, I haven't heard anything about the USDC versus USDT since the whole Luna debacle that went down. Like nothing's ever been, nothing's come up again. All that, all that's come out is governments need to regulate stable coins. That's it. And we're still waiting on regulations. We're still waiting on governments to talk about it. And it's just, it's going to take forever. So what, what worries me about BUSD and Binance doing that, uh, Binance is getting so, so, so big that I'm worried that it's going to start becoming a little too centralized. Uh, I mean, it's literally just crushing its people, right? It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not good for USDC. It's not good for Circle. That's for sure to be, I mean, Binance is, it's the largest, right? It's the biggest in the game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, I think this is, this is a, f a further move. I mean, BUSD is the, I mean, it's already the third largest um, stable coin anyway. So is this a move to try and become number two or even number one? I think so. Well, I think it's possible too. And not, you know, the article is... Uh, this article is all over the place. It's on Twitter. It's being talked about. It's it's all over the place. So you guys want to dig more into it? Go to CoinDesk. Go to Coin Telegraph. Go wherever. Uh, read read deeper into the article. It's um, yeah. I think uh, look, Binance has a lot of cards they're trying to play, and I think uh, they know that we're getting close to the bottom of this bear market, and they're ready to make sure everything is lined up before this next bull cycle, so that. I mean, dude, CZ could become a trillionaire by the end of this. Like, I mean, it could be, it could be insane uh, how much money that dude's going to make. Uh, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, all right. Last, last little bit. Uh, so this one is a U.S. congressman and crypto skeptic explains why a crypto ban won't work. Uh, Sherman said any task force or committee set up to help and protect investors wouldn't work as long as gullible investors keep investing in meme coins. So Joey, before I go into this article, based off what I just read, what is your thoughts or do you need more from the article? No, I mean, I've already, I've already looked over this one as well. And I kind of feel that, you know, this is kind of, I mean, obviously I don't know much about this congressman again, it's just all politics, right? But the way the what he's been essentially talking about is that he might be, you know, essentially um, concerned for retail investors, you know, who can, you know, potentially, you know, fall vulnerable to scams. We know how many rug pulls, et cetera, are out there. So he's essentially, you know, truly believing that there's going to be more regulations to uh, protect uh, retail investors. However, you're not going to ban crypto. He accepts that there's so much demand for crypto in the US and that demand is growing. I think that adoption curve is growing. I don't think numbers of people who own crypto in America is going to decline anytime soon. Not significantly. Okay, maybe there was a little a little dip here and there in the bear market, but you better believe when that bull run comes, you know, you're going to see adoption go to new all-time highs, in my opinion. Yeah, so it looks like he's just, it looks like he's been against cryptocurrency from the get-go right and we're, we're talking about brad sherman uh for those that don't know it's a united states congressman uh basically claimed that banning cryptocurrencies is not an option at this point in a statement to la times the uh, northridge area democrat said the crypto industry has become quite powerful over the years he added that the high capital donations to the politicians which joey we've covered before that you know these midterms and the amount of money that say like sam bankman friedman is putting into some of this politics stuff it's it it is a it's a lot of money. It's billions of dollars that has gone into this. But uh, he added that the high capital donations to the politicians and strong crypto lobbying make it impossible for them to impose a blanket ban. He explained. Now this is quote from Brad Sherman: "We didn't ban it at the beginning because we didn't realize it was important, and we didn't ban it now 
because there's too much money and power behind it. He's pretty much spot on. I don't yeah. think you, I don't think you can ban it now. There's way too much money. Like, yeah, whether whether he doesn't like it or he likes it or whatever, you know, let's 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 just let's just be fair fair here. I think that's pretty fair words. What he said is pretty much just telling it how it is there. Yeah, and then he goes on to. I mean, I get he's been wanting this ban since 2019. Is what this is saying. Yeah, uh, it says nearly three years later, Sherman has changed his tune about a ban and now advocates for regulating the crypto market, which is, I find that fascinating, Joey, because you do see that more and more, right? More of these politicians and more of the um, media starting to really just kind of accept digital assets and cryptocurrency as a whole, rather than saying, hey, we need to ban it. They're more so, it just seems to be regulated. Uh, and this, so is, this, is why I'm, this is why I'm bullish on adoption, Mike, because we, like I said, we, we keep mm -hmm. saying on this channel and we're going to keep repeating on this channel, regulations are coming. It's just that what, nobody can predict is exactly what those regulations are going to be yeah. how long how long it's going to take to get those regulations but i can guarantee what i can guarantee you is there's going to be arguing over it there is going to be plenty of arguing there's going to be a massive difference in an opinion on how this crypto market should be regulated some are going to want to come heavier some are going to want to come lighter it's just always the same with these things right because it's all about personal gains yeah the problem that we're going to have in the states and it kind of brings it to light here a little bit in this article is just uh, there's a big difference of opinion in how the crypto market should be regulated. And I think that's what it's ultimately going to, at least for the states, uh, there's so much politics involved in a lot of these decisions that, uh, man, it could take so long to get regulation just because there's going to be so many opinions on it. Like, I think the first thing that has to be decided is who is going to be in charge of regulating it. I think that's going to be the number one thing here in the States. Uh, and, and we've discussed this. I just, I, this. We talked about this on the podcast about a month ago uh, about who should, because I think it got brought up by, um, how do I think of his name? The Fed Chairman Powell. That's who it was. Yeah. It got brought up because he was being uh, talked. Uh, he was being interviewed by Congress. They were asking him about adoption of crypto and what he thought should be done. He said, well, first thing that needs to be discussed is, Who's going to regulate it? Is it going to be the SEC? Is it going to be the FDIC? Who's going to do it, right? And I think that needs to be a decision. I don't know if the president needs to make the decision or if like Congress and the Senate. So Congress and Senate need to do a vote on who they think. Is your president even able to understand crypto? Uh, he, I bet he holds the biggest wallet of Bitcoin. <laughs> That's what I think. Actually, he probably doesn't, but I bet you Trump has a lot of Bitcoin. Uh, we won't get into it. God, this has been such a politics-driven freaking podcast. What happened here? I don't know. <laughs> it's because your boss came back. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, James. We love you. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I'm ready to see some, some sort of movement, some sort of like something. Because uh, once, once regulation happens, big money comes in, right? DeFi blows up. It's going to be huge once, once regulations happen. A lot of people don't want regulations because they want to keep doing their shady stuff. But I want regulation because I want the big investors to come in and drive up my bear market prices that I'm getting in at to the moon. That's all I got on that subject. Joe, you got anything else? I'm hoping tomorrow brings us some more freaking good news or something. No, if it's going to, it's going to ramp up. Look, we know, we know that this is a big month. I think maybe these last couple of days have just felt really quiet because I think everyone should be kind of on edge now. What's going to happen in the sort of next, next 10 to 20 days. We know it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be wild. I, I, 
obviously I can't predict anything perfectly on this channel, but look, we've been almost flatlined, especially a Bitcoin the last, what, three, four days now. That's not going to last. There's going <laughs> to there's gonna be some serious volatility, serious volatility incoming. And we kind of expect eventually there's going to be some significant downside, I'm afraid. Do we see 25K Bitcoin before we see 15K Bitcoin? Oh, no. That's, oh. Do we no, see 15K I, first? Yeah, I said, I think we can, I still think we can see, I still think there's a chance. I'm not, I'm kind of losing, I'm losing hope for this now. I still thought there was a chance that we could see 23K, um, but I am losing hope on that now. Still think, I still think 21. 21's got to be on the cards. I just want to see something. Give me something. Give me a little bounce to yeah. work with you. Nick, Nick's <laughs> TA on his videos is he's so bearish right now. Like literally the sit, trading sideways thing. Nick's like, it could that the sideways could be that ABC up that we were thinking could go to 24K. And then oh, we're absolutely. just about to literally just dive bomb. It's gonna to be it's gonna be fun. But it might just be, it might just be Bitcoin goes sideways and all the money goes into Cardano and Ethereum. Uh, and a, and a, and a Not yet. I don't hold any of those. Can we please wait? <laughs> yeah, but we know the ones that go higher are going to fall harder, Mike. Yes. That's why. That's right. We get a lot of people saying, oh, why was it? Why was it crashed? Why is Ada crashed? Uh, the, the title yesterday. Well, the reason being is just because we believe that crash is coming. Okay. Ada's held up better than a lot of other coins, but I said this before the vast majority of them, it's my personal opinion. I put this out on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, follow Cheeky Crypto on Twitter. You can follow me as well. It's at Joe's Crypto Chaos. I put out a tweet saying, I still believe it's my primary expectation that a lot of these altcoins on average, on average, so some will have 60%, some will have 40, but an average for me is about 50% still fair to go down. That's a prediction I'm making. What do you think of that, Mike? 50% from where we are? Yeah, so let's say let's say Ada Ada's in the in the gets is around fifty cent, right? I think I think I can see a twenty five cent Ada. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, that's a I, that's a that's a that's a fifty percent drop on coins like Matic. I'm looking at more than a fifty percent drop. Possibly, you know, I think XRP is going to be in that fifty percent region as well. Algorand may hold up a little bit better, but yeah, still could also be about fifty percent. But I think I think a lot of them across the board. I think there's look. If Bitcoin loses, uh, well, goes to those lower lows we're expecting, there's going to be wreckage. You better believe it. Yep, incoming. It's it. Look, we've been saying incoming for a while, and you guys are probably like getting old and like probably hate us saying it. But if you continue to remain patient, you're going to see that it's going to happen. You're well, I, I always said I always respect other opinions, and there's people out there that you know truly believe that the the bottom is in. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's ridiculous. I see if if someone can back it up, they've got their, they've got their beliefs or whatever for it. Look, we're never all going to agree in this space and on this channel. We're never, what we'll never do is we're not just going to BS and make up something like, oh, we think it's going up or we think it's going down just because we want to say that on the on the day show. We don't do that. It's just that we're adding up what we're seeing, the macro with the technical analysis, with the sentiment, and hell yeah, I'm going to say it. Gut feeling. There you go. How about that? <laughs> There's my yeah, technical jo- analysis. I uh. I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people follow some guys on Twitter and and they're like complete moon boys. They're only ever positive and they get so many followers because they just, people want that positivity. They just don't want to hear any sort of bearish news. They, they, they just don't want to believe that they bought There's something. No, but they don't back down. it up with shit. Yeah. 
they it's, don't it's, back it it's, up. it's emotion. It's emotion because they've they've spent, especially people who've spent too much money. If you've spent too much money early in this bear market and you're absolutely wrecked now, you're going to be more emotional and more angry. That's why you see it on the market cycle, right? There's a reason why it's called anger. It's reason why it's got depression. There's a reason why there's a bit saying capitulation on there because it's all it's all rage. It's rage based when the market's going down because people are underwater because people have bought too high. And that that's what it is. And the exact opposite. That's why it's euphoria at the top, right? Because everyone's making money. It's <laughs> Yeah, just the moon. Simple thing. as it's, that. It, it drives me nuts every day. It's like two or three guys that I still I don't even know why I still follow them on Twitter, but it's like bottom might be in. Bottom might be in. We're about to everything's about to reverse. And I'm like, and then I look at it and it's like four fourteen hundred likes. And I'm like, oh my God, all these people are, are going to get wrecked because they're probably buying and they've probably been buying since this guy said the bottom was already in and they bought probably when it went up to like 24 K it's just like, it sucks. It sucks. I think and I know it, which one, I think I know which one you're talking about. And I'm pretty sure uh, the bottom was in on that same Twitter page at 33 K as well. Yeah. Same <laughs> shit, different day. Same all shit, these moon boys, day. all these moon boys. And the only thing that's different between us and them is they got 600,000 followers and we have close to 1400 problem is, the people that follow us are probably going to make more money. I would love to do a freaking comparison to somebody what, to a, against a big channel, right? When they think that the bottom's in and when their people buy, and then when we get the bottom in and our people buy, and how much price difference there is, how much profit is made. I mean, it would be an interesting like, comparison. But also, Mike, a lot of them have probably been going over 700 days and we've only been going about 70 or 80 days or whatever it is now. And absolutely delighted to be, you know, almost at 1400 subscribers at the moment. And, you know, everyone out there who's watching the channel and subscribed and supporting the channel, smashing the likes, really, really do appreciate it. It's absolutely awesome. And yeah, just can't say thank you enough. Yeah, we're just going to keep bringing you. We're going to keep being real. Like we're, we're not moon boys. Clearly, every single podcast pretty much has been bearish as hell, right? Like. We're just giving you the truth is what's being out there. We provide you with data so that, you know, you don't have to really look at it all the time. I just do. It drives me nuts when I hop on the Twitter and it's like, oh shit, Bitcoin's about to go to the moon. We're about to receive reversal. Here it comes. Drives me nuts. Anyways, Joey, final thoughts. I feel like I've blabbered enough today. Long-term bullish, long-term bullish on crypto. <laughs> just <laughs> After just, everything I just said, that's what you're going to come with? <laughs> long-term bullish, just medium, <laughs> medium, medium-term bearish. Very, very small time frame. Uh. Bullish on ADA and Ethereum. I'm in long on ADA, looking to ride it up to maybe 52, maybe 53 cent. Then I think it's going to hit a wall. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. When you're trading out there, make sure you're using the stop loss. No stop loss, no trade. We're trading safely. Again, if you want to trade with us, links in the description below. Come check us out. Hey, I think uh, IK will be returning here in a couple of days, so I'll be excited to get the three of us on. But yeah, excited for tomorrow's uh, episode that that will come out on Wednesday. Uh, let me make sure Joey Joey got that. Um, but yeah, super super excited to talk to. Uh, yeah. Anyways, you guys will have to tune in to see who it is. Um, my final thoughts is I agree with Joey. I am long-term bullish. I will always be long-term bullish. This is the space that is going to uh, help me leave a bunch of money to my kid. That's, that's, that's what I believe in. And I'm going to continue to put money in just only on red days. You know, if you're DCAing, make sure you're DCAing red days. That is key. Okay. Um, but other than that, hey, thanks so much for listening in. Make sure you smash that like.
hit the freaking subscribe button, okay? There's a bunch of you that just watch this and you don't subscribe, all right? And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks so much and take care.